Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Heart Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. I'm Shrikar Rajendran. And I'm Anish Gupta. Shrikar, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good. We'll get into it. I'm so sorry. We'll talk uh, about it. If you can't tell, we're going to recap the conference championship games in this one. Uh, unfortunately, the 49ers, you know, they lost, unfortunately, to uh, Sean McVay, right, Anish? And the Cooper Cup and mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Yep, yep. Yo, out here representing we'll LA, it, we'll we're out here representing LA, uh, and, and we had the you know the miraculous game, uh, the Bengals completing the comeback against uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We're going to go over all that uh, in this episode. We're also going to touch on Tom Brady. You know, is he retiring? Is he not? How did ESPN mess that up so badly? Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the you know the front office and head coaching hires uh, this week, including what the New York Giants have done, uh, what we think the Vikings could do, what's happening down in Vegas. We got a whole lot of stuff to go over in this episode for you guys. Let's start with the first conference championship game that we had last week. It was Chiefs. It was Bengals in Kansas City. Chiefs got out to an early lead. The Bengals came back, and now they are in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati is in the Super Bowl. T- thoughts, takes let's get into this game. You want me to go on this one and then you take the Niners first? You want me to do that one? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, because I'll let you rant on that one. I know you want to get it out first. Uh, first of all, I, I I just found this really ironic. The first or the last playoff game the Chiefs played without Mahomes, which was in 2017. I think I told you guys this, right? It yep. was the same thing. They blew a 21-3 lead, literally the exact same way to Marcus Mariota. Uh, and that's when I think people realized in, in the Chiefs organization, hey, we need a little change at QB. Let's go for this guy out of Texas Tech, uh, number 15. Uh, but this is the first game I can really say Mahomes is choked. Like, th- I mean, the second half was horrendously bad. Uh, I think he... I think he got a little bit too comfortable and he started second guessing himself. I think that's pro- you know the biggest reason for his collapse because some of the throws were just ill-advised and questionable like the Eli Apple one I mean you didn't target DeMarcus you targeted DeMarcus Robinson once the entire game and then in overtime you target him twice like the first two balls that you get on your first possession you do that Uh, something wasn't right right and I think it boils down I know I'm you know starting off with the Chiefs here but I think it also boils down to that you know five second play call on second and goal right so, you know, we got, I think Shrikar and I kind of argued about it a little bit, right? About yep. whether or not it was a bad call. I think the call was okay. The execution was bad, right? Jack also mentioned it in our chat earlier uh, yesterday that the primary read was Kelsey. So if you don't hit that, right? And yes, um, Tyree Kill's running this type of option flat because they love doing the split option. It's called like a G9. You don't, like, there's not enough time to hit that. Right. You should be knowing that in your head. You should have a mental clock. Right. Just throw it down on the ball. Or if you're Tyreek, just drop it. Literally just bat it down Um, because you go into the half at least satisfied that you scored on all four drives. Right. But now you had three drives. Perfect. And you had a fourth one that was also replicating the same thing because the Bengals weren't changing their zone coverage, Um, playing the two high and Mahomes was just dotting it up. Uh, They finally got a stop and they carried that momentum and they were the ones who adjusted. The Chiefs did not. The Bengals did. Just their uh, coverages from zone to tight man, uh, and they are a heck of a job to the Bengals defense. And then also, I mean, you know, I'm seeing a little bit too much Bengals, you know, pay, uh, posts and feed on my feed, and all these Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, whatever, like with the rolling of the R's, like, like it's cool, you know. Like I'll admit, like you know, Burrow won me over this year too, but like you know, it was like you know, calm down a little bit. Uh, but what a game from those guys to, you know, go in there at Kansas city in one of the hardest environments. Like I was telling them, right. Like this is a different environment that you're playing in. And for him to, you know, on third down after third down, whether it was running the football, right. Like using his legs, escaping Chris Jones of all people or throwing it to, you know, Tyler Boyd along the sideline. I mean, this guy, you know, I, I don't know if Shrikar mentioned this, but I think this is this team and Joe Burrow was what we expected the Browns and Baker to be. Like, I think you might've said that someone might've said that, but I saw, I saw a graphic on it and I thought, you know, Hey, maybe that's, that is an interesting point. Uh, but you know, for Cincinnati, this is just, oh man, this is incredible. This, I mean, I loved it for the NFL, uh, for them to represent the AFC when nobody, nobody remotely thought about this to, I mean, to represent the entire conference with, when you've got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, I mean, yeah, this was just crazy. I'll uh, maybe leave it to you guys before I give my second thoughts, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it all circles back 
to that goal end situation at the end of the first half. Now, I will say, I I do kind of agree with Anish now that it's more on the execution than the call itself. It was just an ill-advised completion, but right after that, Mahomes completely fell apart. He went 8 of 18 for 55 yards, two interceptions. By any QB standard, I mean, it was terrible, but for Mahomes, like, that was just downright awful. Um, and I do agree that this is the one, you know, game where you can definitively say it's on Mahomes, and he choked because they got a great performance from the defense. They held Joe Burrow in check, and they still blew an 18-point lead. Like, it's just kind of hard to fathom if you're a Kansas City fan. Um, but now they get into an offseason where you've got Tyron Matthew up, Orlando Brown, Traverius Ward, Melvin Ingram. They're not going to be able to bring all those guys back. And especially when you're paying Mahomes that much money, it's going to get tougher over the years. It's going to be an interesting offseason, and this loss is definitely going to stick with the Chiefs. But for the Bengals, man, oh, man, I what a win. What a win. I could not tell you. If you told me the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl two years ago, I would give you the most confused reaction ever. Like, how? How could you have thought? But Joe Burrow, man, that guy has got grit. He has attitude. He is bringing, you know, a new identity to Cincy that's very much needed. This team plays with so much confidence and swagger, and I love to see it. Um, I'm definitely going to be rooting for them in the Super Bowl. We'll get into why later, but (laughs) proud of the Bengals, man. They got the job done. Yeah, I mean, after last week against the Bills and the first half of this game up until that like five second mark, I was really regretting ever saying that I thought the Chiefs were going to have a Super Bowl hangover. I mean, they looked like an even better team than they've had the last two years. They were practically perfect on offense. you know, 21 straight points to open the game against the Bengals, and I thought it was over. Like, it just looked like this is the Chiefs team that we've been expecting all year, and you're not going to come back from this. Like, they're going to roll, and they're going to put up 45-plus points again and get a win, and then it just didn't happen. Going to that five-second play, it, so it was an RPO, uh, so there's already, you know, one or two decisions baked into that, whether you're deciding to run or you're deciding to go to Kelsey. And so Tyreek is the third option. I mean, like... That bubble, it was a bubble flat. And uh, no, so it, yeah, that was my mistake when I initially saw it. So it's a, it's a split. It, sorry, it's a, it's a spread option, spread yeah. option. Yeah. So he comes from the side, yeah, and it's kind of a flat. So it's not a bubble. That was my bad. But yeah, well, it's so, like so a, he's the third option. And and honestly, I went back and watched it too on the all twenty two, not on on the broadcast angle. I think it's a little more obvious. That was a touchdown. I mean, honestly, they had a touchdown, and it was Mahomes's throw that was a little bit offline. And that caused, you know, Tyreek to have to turn around a little bit. Um, but I think if, if the right throw was there, that was a touchdown. Uh, and ESPN, I uh, was reading the article today, They their win probability chart said go for it. They, they The analytical decision was to go for it in that situation. Um, and honestly, apparently, <laughs> you know, it could have been a touchdown. Like, that's, a, that's the last part. Like, I, I came out of yesterday thinking... Uh, you know what, it's more in the execution. I just think, you know, you can't look to Tyreek there. You don't have the time, but it was a touchdown with a good throw. So it was the analytical decision, and with a good throw, they have a touchdown. And that was on Mahomes, and for the rest of the game, everything else kind of was too. I want to give a lot of credit to the Bengals' defense. Switching from too, uh, from too high, which is what the Chiefs have struggled with all year, that's what's been giving them their fits, making Mahomes stay patient, not giving them the big play. They rotated in after Mahomes was, you know, dotting up their too high, like you said. They went to one high, and that's you know what the Chiefs are like infamous for absolutely obliterating. Uh, it's what the Raiders like, what they absolutely killed when the Raiders did it this year. And Mahomes couldn't do it. I mean, they they played aggressive coverage. Um, they forced him to make a couple mistakes. Uh, got to overtime, and I think that's when that Super Bowl hangover hit. You know, a uh, couple incompletions, and and then the pick. You know, the the Bengals defense really, really, really locked up the Chiefs. I want to go back, though, to the end of regulation, that last drive, the Chiefs drive. They're in they're in the goal line or at the goal line, basically, in the red zone. And you're thinking if they score a touchdown here, game's over. There's no chance. There's not going to be enough time for the Bengals to come back. If they kick a field goal, it's going to overtime. And then that last third down happens. I want to take you guys like back there, get, get your guys' thoughts on that as regulation wound down. Yeah, so... I mean, we've been seeing, we saw throughout the game a similar play, right? Where Mahomes yeah. threw that touchdown to Kelsey. And we've seen him do this throughout his career. It's what made him a household name. So when I saw that and I saw they kind of spied and they kind of spread out, you know, uh, Hendrickson and I believe they had Hubbard as a free rusher kind of coming in. Yeah. Um, 
I, I thought that was a great call by uh, the uh, Bengals defense. But to go back to also like what you were saying, what led to that play too is just they were playing thirds and also the whole point of too high is to say we're not giving you the big play chiefs you got to methodically drive the Bengals were and the chiefs played conservative because they were just throwing it short all the time that's why on the final drive too they were just methodically driving down the field they just didn't have any plays that they wanted to go and score quick they did not want to give the ball back to burrow uh but on that third and goal i think that i think that's kind of the position they were just putting themselves in they you know Third, I think it was third and goal from the nine, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, because they got pushed back as well. Um, that I think that play call, I'm I'm not mad at it, just because you know you want to send everybody out just for a chance to throw it. Uh, but that fumble would like I was I jumped out on my. Seat. I, was I was so worried. That would have been one of the worst like, fumbles. No worry, I was scared. Yeah, yeah that and was the worst because- part. Is like the fumble was bad. Him getting sacked was bad. He had two touchdowns. He had Kelsey over the middle. And when Kelsey cleared, he had Pringle still sitting in the middle. He didn't yeah. throw either. And uh, I think it was. Well, Bill I, I think that's just because of the today. pressure too, right? Like, it, no, he's kinda... like legit. Like he he had time to make the throw, and he uh, we obviously know has the arm to fit it in there. There was, you know, the Kelsey one. Uh, it would have been a tight throw, but it's one that he's made a thousand times. The Pringle one, he was pretty wide yeah. open. It was the indecisiveness is going to haunt Mahomes his entire offseason. Like, I'll go we back. Gotta, and, I'll, give... I'll go back and send you guys the video. It was. I think it they just comes, yeah. I think it just comes down to him second guessing himself throughout that game, right? Because yep. after that pick to BJ Hill, right? Like yeah. you, you could see it in his eyes. Like this guy was like he lost all his confidence in that game. And, well, I, I think he must have been yeah. flustered. Like no one has gone to one high against the Chiefs all year because they know they yeah. torch it. Yeah, we got to give better. props. We got to give props to Lou Anarumo. Yep. I mean, that was as good as it could could have gotten for them. And this Bengals defense, it got better as the season went on, and in the playoffs. They've just turned it up a whole notch. I mean, you look at the Titans game. You look at this game. It's an incredible job by him. And he's That's able to led by well. Jesse Bates, who had a down year in the regular season. But I think he's had the best playoff performances from a safe, like a playoff stretch from a safety since probably Paul Malu back in 09. Like this guy has made play after play after play. And obviously the one to that, you know, tipped the ball to Von Bell. I mean, that was perfect coverage, right? Yeah. It was tight. It wasn't any, any hand checking that could have been called. Um, but you know, this also goes to show, right? Quick touch on the coin toss thing, right? I mean, the Chiefs tweeted, "Hey, it's over. We won the coin toss." I mean, you know, I I think I was just more shocked at what the Chiefs did with that possession. I mean, again, like the throws to Robinson. What what, what are you doing? And also, like, I get so mad with the Chiefs sometimes because in all six of their losses, right? I think they had six total on the year. They just stopped running the ball. Like I'm. I just get so mad at it sometimes because it could with a quarterback like this guy, right? They they just rarely do play action. And I think Mahomes would be so good off it, right? Because he has the mobility, he has the arm talent. And Reed just stays in the spread option thing, which works. I'm I'm not saying, you know, it doesn't, but like sometimes if they're at like they're daring you to run it sometimes. And I, I just get so, you know, frustrated with it. Like, you know, McKinnon was very efficient on his touches, even Derek Gore throughout the year. Um, but you know, I mean, do you guys like, I, I want to touch on Joe Burrow maybe and give you guys a question, uh, if you guys don't mind. Right. So we're, everyone's throwing out the rankings and stuff, right? Like, I mean, this for me, when I, I said, when they were down three to 21, I said, if this dude were to somehow come back and win this game and even get to the Super Bowl, like, you know, cause obviously we're going to talk about the preview later, but I mean, I think this is the greatest second season, you know, from a QB, maybe ever and ever. One of the most improbable type of seasons for a QB to just go or actually Mahomes 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 will probably Mahomes be Mahomes and Lamar yeah and I don't know I don't know about Lamar that like I thought about like it. most successful season sure but like best season yeah I mean I guess but like you know Burrow still had 4600 and like thir- I think it was 36 touchdowns I'm pretty sure something around that um but I mean, just because I think for a quarterback, right, that this is like now the whole mantra and whole model that teams are going to look after, right? You take a guy, you try and build him around, and second year, boom. That's that's now the whole, that's now the thing in the NFL. Second year, that's, you know, that's the type of jump they expect. But, I mean, has Burrow vaulted himself in the top five to already get to a Super Bowl before Allen, before Lamar? I mean, where would you guys put him? one spot ahead of Herbert. Like I, I said, whoever goes, yeah. I said, I said once like the last kind of stretch of the season, whoever ends up going further and Bert, or Herbert never even made the playoffs. Like that's the guy. Who's I ha- get yeah. Like 
I still think Herbert is more talented. Oh, right? absolutely. And I still think, I still think that right. Herbert is probably the better quarterback, but if I'm going to like rank them right now, yeah, you have to. You Burrow's like, been more successful. Like, yeah. So I think he's five, right? I think you'd put him five. I mean, including Brady still in your rankings, I think you'd put him five. Yeah. The interesting question, yeah. which I saw a lot this week of Mahomes and Allen are the two best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. So I, I'm going to put Mahomes one, but I'm not putting Allen two. Yeah. I think I, still, I think you have to go. He'll go Rogers too. Mahomes, still, yeah. Rogers slash Brady, taking up two spots. Allen, Allen yeah. Burrow, Herbert. Then Burrow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that's your consensus. Like, I, I'm top trying six. to think like who who I go with after that is the, is the bigger question. Well, yeah. At least at least we have a consensus top six in the NFL. Yeah. I think look, I think absolutely. Rogers and Brady literally are like their futures are up in the air. So we could have the top four quarterbacks consensus all be in the AFC and all be yeah. under 26, 27. Yeah. No, it's 26. Mahomes is 26. 26, yeah. Yeah, so, and Burrow is a 24-year-old rookie. I mean, hey, maybe that, like, see, and now I feel like also just his, the way he came into this league and what he's doing, it's like, for example, it's created a pathway for Kenny Pickett, who, right, was a fifth year and he's like 24, right? So it's like, you see these guys just create models for future quarterbacks. Like, I feel like just the impact of Burrow this year is going to go so beyond whatever happens in the Super Bowl. I think that also was, you know, another takeaway I had. I mean, successful players tend to recreate success in other places. Like, course, yeah. it, it just yeah. tends to be what happens. Why do you think so many New England free agents go on to be great players elsewhere? It's like, if, you ca- if you've seen that you can succeed, you're far more confident. I think confidence is something that is, like, completely undervalued in a draft prospect or in free agents or just in sports in general. If you're confident, yeah, exactly. you can do anything. Like, you know, Imagine, Burrow might not right. have the arm talent that Justin Herbert has, but when he's throwing the ball confidently, he can make all of the same throws. Like maybe, okay, maybe he can't make the one getting Maybe tackled. not on the forehead. No. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe but... not that one. Maybe not the specific one against the Giants and you know, down to the goal line being tackled from behind, but you know what I mean. And, and that's right. what Burrow's been. He's, he has a chance in the Super Bowl to become the first player ever to win a Heisman, a national title, and a Super Bowl, and it will all be in the span of three years. And no one's done that in the span of a career. I that's i mean that is just seasons, right three it's unmatched it's like a territory that we have never seen um bro he's just made cut from a different cloth a different pedigree whatever you want to use it's his been, first full year too as a starter technically like yeah right i yep. mean <laughs> and think about i mean like I went back to look because I was I I really didn't want to look at what I had the Bengals going this year. I was really nervous for my record projection for them. I I predicted them to go four and thirteen. All right, yeah, I, I had them six and eleven. So I they're in the back. Super Bowl. Like that's all I know is I had them last in the division. <laughs> I did too, and I think everyone did. Like if someone yeah, didn't, I, I want to see that. Like I don't think I would believe. I don't it. think no. Like even okay, one of you know our good friends on the pod, Jared, he had them like seven, eight wins. Like so, like even <laughs> Bengals fans didn't even expect the bias. Yeah. Even the bias didn't yeah, have a making the playoffs. Yeah, like I mean, the, no one, no Super one Bowl. could have seen something. Like I, I just, I looked at this roster and I thought, okay. Yes, they have some bright young pieces, but for them to collectively bring this group together and do this and accomplish this is just, I feel like, you know, it's not being talked enough enough. I feel like people are just looking at you know, Joe Shiesty and whatever. It goes beyond that, I feel like, just for this specific team, because, you know, as good as Burrow's been playing, you got to look at Jamar Chase, you got to look at Joe Mixon, you got to look at Boyd Higgins, Os- uh, Osama, right? I like this team collectively as a unit and all, the offensive line stepped up that game i yeah. think they yeah. i think they played yeah. i think Burrow especially only got the second sacked. half the second half yeah i think you only got sacked once or twice i mean they, like, the, the chiefs put pressure 47 percent of the time yeah in the first half and it, i think it was like 20 percent in the second half so like no, they like, they were not great in the first half but, yeah but this is a unit that allowed nine sacks the game before and everyone was saying oh my god imagine what chris jones is gonna do it was a and we're going to see that in the Super Bowl again with the Rams pass rush. Yeah. We're going to see the same yeah. takes flying. I mean, I'm not sure I've ever seen a team have so much youth that has worked together to play well. Like, you've got a couple of young players like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a young piece. They're shining right there. You know, we, Micah Parsons on, on Dallas this year. Uh, Chase Young last year for Washington. Uh, but, like, and you see the graphics, like obviously this offense is so young, but like the amount of young players on this team coming together and like legitimately leaning, leading the team. I, I would say probably their three best players on offense. What experience do any of their players have? I literally can't name you one that's had, or at least a key player or a starter. 
I'm thinking of I'm I'm going through all the stuff like well like, I mean Pratt like Jesse Bates like none of these guys I mean Chadobia Woozy like n- none of their starters have had this type of experience that you know most playoff teams or teams that represent the damn conference has. I think so, I, I think we got to give a lot of credit to the to you know what college football has done to prepare these guys. I mean, with college football evolving uh, the way it has, I mean, you look T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Those yeah. are three guys who have won national. a national championship, yeah. and and know what it takes to go out and win a championship. Like that. I mean, Mixon, Mixon, Oklahoma, right? So he's been in some big games. Big, yeah, been in big games. Yes, not won a national championship. Yeah, he hasn't won one. Yeah. yeah. You want to you want to switch I mean, it over? You guys want to switch it over to the game no, that no, I yet. enjoy? Not yet. Let's let's one last <laughs> question, and it's about the Chiefs. Like, where do you go from here? Like, w- how do you move into this off season? Look, first um, of all, oh, you want to go? You want to answer it? Right. I'll keep it short. I mentioned it before, but you got to look at you know the free agents you got to bring back. And right now, I'm looking at Tyron Matthew and Orlando Brown. Those are two guys you need to bring back. Orlando Brown. I don't. I don't know. He was great this year. Tyron Matthew. He is the leader of that defense. I, I, he, you got to bring him back. It's just, do you have the money? Do you have the space for that? And do you really have the money to look out of house? Do you can you can you look at other free agents and bring them? I don't know. I and I feel like this Chiefs team. It's very tough because they're all with Mahomes. They're always going to have a shot. They're always going to be in the conversation. But the team around Mahomes, I really wouldn't be surprised if year after year they just get worse and worse. Um, but I feel like Mahomes is good enough that he can cover that. He can cover that to an extent, but in the playoffs, it can get exposed. So I would look long and hard at re-signing Tyron Matthew and Orlando Brown. I know that Orlando Brown might be the choice for the franchise tag because Tyron Matthew, it's tougher to see that happening, but a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm not worried about this team virtually at all. Um, Mm. I am not, sorry. Like... This is a team that is just too talented. They're going to figure it out with cap space. And again, we've we've tried. We've tried saying that this team is not going to come back. They are too talented. And I will say this. I think this is a team, though, playoff-wise, they can easily be pushed down as not the big brother of the AFC, though. I will say that. I give you. But in terms of regular season and you know maybe not winning the division, nah, I'm still all in. Well, on they'll, they'll win the division. Yeah. That, well, that, I, mean, I mean, unless Herbert somehow takes another level and goes to, to Denver. Yeah, or something like that, right? But I still see Mahomes winning that. Yeah, division. I mean, I'm not worried about this team even for the long term view. Like Mahomes is going to keep this team relevant for the long foreseeable future. Like like he he has just I think even I it sucks because if he had won the Super Bowl this year, I would have confidently said he has the best four year start in NFL history. And I don't think it would have been, you know, that close. I mean Brady would be the only close one, but Mahomes had the stats and the wins. Um, but you know, despite that, he still have hosted four conference championships at four years as a starter. Like it's not like this guy, you know, had some type of drop off. Yeah, he had a bad half, but um, I'm not worried. I, I even with all the I, I've heard about the cap situations too with with the Chiefs. I even heard it about you know the Bucks and how that should be the reason you know Brady's going to leave. Like they'll figure it out. I think it's it's more not about relevancy, but about you know getting it done in the playoffs. Because think about it, I, years after losing their Super Bowls, the the Falcons and the St- Seahawks stayed relevant, but neither of them have won a Super Bowl since then. Well, the year after, yeah, like I mean they. Yeah, the Seahawks, Falcons year after, and then they were done. Like, the Seahawks have competed outside of, you know, this year. They've competed for the NFC West every year since that Malcolm Butler interception. They've just not been able to get over the hump. Like, do you see that as a possibility? for? Yeah, like, could this be a similar – remember we talked about it, like, very first episode on the pod where I said, like, Matt Ryan and Wilson. And they've come up small in big moments before, too. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, I feel like this is the – first time like i mean okay the super bowl i feel like they were just schematically outmatched like that that i think just happened right like it wasn't like a choke job or something um but you're right like this and the problem is they play in a loaded afc that's only going to get better right i I think the nfc is just it, it used to be a powerhouse and now i think it's just up and down 
but the AFC is so so competitive and like we're we're like not even I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago we're not even factoring in other teams that could have jumps right yep. like who yep. knows if Zach Wilson becomes a star even Trevor Lawrence right like I don't even know like Davis Mills could do you know some crazy stuff with the Texans like there's so many young pieces and potential in the AFC right in the NFC it's a lot different uh and Mahomes right everyone's still gunning for them right like I mean I want to save it, you know, maybe for next year, like a hot take on the Bengals, because I do, let's just say I have some interesting, you know, take for them that's not the best uh, coming into next year. Uh, I think a hangover is looming for them. But like for the Chiefs, there's still people are still gunning for them. Like people still respect them. I mean, that's the thing though. They're still like, no matter, even the fact they've, you know, they still have not won a Super Bowl the last two years. They're still in the crossfire. They're still in the crosshairs of everybody in the AFC. I don't know. Yeah, like I wonder, still what, that, I wonder what that will do to a team mentally to come up that short two years in a row. You know, you you fix the entire problem, I think, that lost you the Super Bowl. You, you And you come up with maybe the best offensive line left in the playoffs come championship weekend. Uh, it's one of the strengths of your team. And you still lose. And you were, you know, maybe a coin flip away from losing the previous week. I yeah. just I wonder what that's going to do to a team mentally. Uh, I wonder what that's going to do to Mahomes. I, I hope he doesn't let this stuff eat him up. I hope he doesn't, you know, go back, watch the film, see he missed Travis Kelsey, and, and let that eat him up the entire offseason. Because, like, you're right. He's maybe had the best four-year start in a quarterback's career in NFL history. This team is still arguably the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know, I hope it doesn't turn into that Seattle situation, the Atlanta Falcons situation. Because at this point, like, while we can say, oh, but they were so close. Like, that is the entire point. Is that you know? You yeah, like imagine close, right all the prep. Yeah, like all the prep that goes into a year, right? Like months and months of training, and then months and months of playing these games, right? And to go that far two years in a row, like same for Buffalo too, honestly, right? Yep. Um, but I think Buffalo's looking at this like, oh, Buffalo's like, going to look at this like Mahomes after his MVP year, where he didn't get the ball back, and then he goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Like this is this is something that you know Mahomes really hasn't dealt with on back-to-back years he obviously wasn't successful this year or wasn't at you know as successful as he wanted to be after losing the Super Bowl last year now doesn't even make it to the Super Bowl like I don't know it just I'm a little bit nervous yeah I think I think other teams are gunning for him and uh, I'm just saying if have you have that target on their back if they have Mahomes yeah. it's just gonna I'm be just saying if you get if we see Bill's Chiefs next playoffs at Buffalo I'm taking Bills yep I would that's what I was thinking that, this year but... and it did not work <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I think it just has to be at Buffalo. That's oh, why by the I way, this game, just... this game absolutely clinched that the uh, the overtime rules won't be changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. It's a, it's a tough sight. It's a tough sight. Uh, let's, <laughs> get into, let's get into 49ers and, and Rams. Shrikar, uh, you know, take it away. You can, you can rant first. So, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of a way to start this. I handled this better than I thought. Just because I'm kind of, I'm used to just bad stuff happening to me in the playoffs. So I, but man, it hurts. It it just hurts to think about it, you know. And it's one of those things where I don't think it's on, you know, one single player in general. I think it's on multitude of different things. But first off, kudos to the Rams. Uh, they're a great team. Uh, they definitely deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan got outcoached by McVay. Yeah, you want to hear it? There it is. McVay outcoached him. Both coaches were pretty mediocre, but um, yeah, it, it, that is it is what it is. Let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. Um, if you if you had only watched the podcast starting from the beginning of this year, you would think I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't hate the guy. Um, I think he is a class act. I think he is a professional in every sense of the word. And I think he's a great guy. And last night after the game, maybe about an hour after the game, I went to bed and I just started watching Jimmy Garoppolo highlights starting from this past game and then going all the way back to 2017, uh, his first drive against Seattle. And I don't know. I'm going to miss him, man. I'm going to miss him. It's it's something that's you know been just lurking throughout the season and it was expected that this was going to be his last ride as a Niner, but he brought us out of the dumps. He brought hope to me again as a Niner fan. He brought hope to a lot of Niner fans. And honestly, if this was, you know, 
his last run, then what a way to end it. He made the NFC Championship, um, and it was a great run by a very resilient team um, and one that had a lot of chemistry, a lot of pride, and a lot of heart. So I got to give Jimmy his props. But when we needed him most, he wasn't there. (laughs) I kind of said it too. Uh, The run game needs to be going for Jimmy to be going, especially in 2021. The Niners rushed for 50 yards on 20 attempts. So Jimmy was brought to the forefront. He went 16 of 30 for 232 yards with two touchdowns and a pick. And with that pick being a full-on Carson Wentz and the last throw he will ever throw <laughs> in a 49ers uniform. So he is, you know, one of, you know, the reasons that we ended up losing this game. Jaquaski Tart. Let's talk about Jaquaski Tart. <laughs> okay. Go. I don't know. 2011, it was Kyle Williams and his fumble in overtime and his just troubles throughout the game. I'm not going to say that Tart dropping that pick is akin to that because there was still 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Anything could have happened. We could have went three and out in the next offensive possession. But you got to think, after that drop pick, I feel like the momentum was heavily shifting in the Rams' favor because obviously after that, you had the Jimmy Ward unnecessary roughness. Um, and Cup and OBJ were just killing us all night. Um, and that's another thing. D'Amico Ryans, he's done a fantastic job this year, but he couldn't adjust. He couldn't adjust in this game, unfortunately. Um, but he is going to be coming back for another year, so hopefully he'll be able to grow from this. But that tart pick, its I was so dumbfounded watching it on my TV. And I was in a state of just... One, one part of me was just asking, why does this have to happen to me? And then the other part of me is just like, laughing because i i don't know it's just a classic niner thing to happen in the playoffs but um i'm glad jaquaski tart has is handling it well i'm glad he talked to the media after he's also another professional guy like he i don't know i wouldn't have had the guts to go up there and talk to the media and give as honest of an answer as he did so i guess shout out to jaquaski tart i mean i'd guess to know but it's very demoralizing. It's for for a fan, yes, but now you go into an era with Trey Lance. That's just what what are you gonna get? And I do want to keep you know my optimism, and I do want to be happy and all. But I really wouldn't be shocked if we barely make the playoffs again this year. I really wouldn't be shocked. Um, I think Trey Lance is definitely gonna have his growing pains. I think he's not going to be you know a Mahomes, a Rogers, a whatever in his first in his first year as a starter. I just hope to see some flashes, really. That's all I can really ask for. Hopefully, he just blows me away. But John Lynch needs to get some assets back with this Jimmy G trade. And even though he has his shortcomings, he's 30 years old. He's entering the final year of his contract. There's going to be suitors. Um, Washington is going to be in the mix. I could see three teams from the NFC South being in the mix. The teams who miss out on Russ, Deshaun, Aaron Rodgers, they're going to be in the mix, too. And, you know, for now, I think it's just a big, big opportunity missed. We were minutes away from our second Super Bowl berth in three years, and now we're getting a new era of Niner football. Jack, you want to take it? That made me so sad. I feel so bad for you. I'm not sad. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I felt a little bit bad. Why do you not feel sad? Like... Well, okay. Well, no, I'll, I'll let you go. You're first. the one that's backed Jimmy Garoppolo all season, and you, yeah, you defended no, so him I'll, I'll after wait, I'll he wait. lost this game. I'll wait. I'll wait for you to go, and then I'll I'll say my thoughts because I actually I, this was the game I was more excited for, and this was the game I actually liked more and took way more takeaways from. But yeah, I'll, I'll just you. say um, it's no secret I'm the lowest on Jimmy Garoppolo out of all three of us, and it's funny enough when his team does not give him like 200 yards rushing in the playoffs or allowing like single digit points. They lose. That's all okay. I'm gonna say. Yeah. What? That's Much, it. Okay. What do you What do you mean? What? Well, yeah. yeah no, okay. 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 Well, I'm how gonna, about the on, give, He didn't put give up some shout outs to the Rams. They won. The yeah. last time in, in the NFC champion or in the NFC championship game against the Packers, they rushed for like a thousand yards and they won. The wild card game this year, he didn't do anything really that impressive. He almost tried to give the game away as well, but they won because they were able to run the ball and because their defense stopped Dak. 
Like, how many playoff games has he legitimately won? Has Zero. has he won? Zero. Zero. So that's uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I guess respect for you know sticking with it, and he he at least got them into the spots. Uh, he made some throws down the stretch of this season that you know I I was applauding him for those as well, uh, especially Week 18 against the Rams. That was that one I will give him credit for. I and if you want to consider that one a playoff game. Go ahead, and you, he can have one playoff game one uh, to my book. But for this Niners squad, uh, definitely tons of respect for what they've done this year. Uh, they proved me wrong. Midseason, I was I was out on Kyle Shanahan. I was kind of down in the dumps about the way he'd been using his players. Uh, I thought he'd been figured out schematically. Uh, I didn't see, I didn't really see a head coach when I was looking at Kyle Shanahan, uh, and he brought the team to the NFC Championship game. Uh, the defense, D'Amico Ryans, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner playing well, uh, patching together a secondary that was able to shut down Aaron Rodgers. Like, this 49ers team went way further than I think they should have, uh, and I think they're setting themselves up in a good spot as long as Trey Lance progresses as we think he should and he will. The 49ers team is a good spot. I want to focus on the Rams because I think the Rams, this, this playoffs, while they've been up and down, have been maybe the most impressive team to me because they've been getting it done in basically every single way against Cardinals. They got it done, uh, you know, on the ground, All three uh, this, this week, they got it done. I think, you know, with the defense, they, they've been stopping the run at a high clip. They stopped, I would say, you know, probably the best rushing attack in the playoffs so far with the 49ers. Uh, and you know, last game against the bucks, they were able to stop limit Tom Brady enough. And Matt Stafford went toe-to-toe with him. Like, they've won every single way. And they're going into the Super Bowl, I think, you know, the most prepared out of out of any of the playoff teams that could have gotten to the Super Bowl this week. I think they're the most prepared because they face every kind of team. They've won in every kind of way. And they've almost lost, I think, the most out of, you know, any of the teams. So I, I, I'm really impressed with what the Rams have done this playoffs. Uh, and I think they're in a great position to take on the Bengals. Right, Anish, before you get into, you know, what you want to say, I posed this question last week, but will that win over the Bucks make them stronger or will they falter? And I definitely think it made them stronger. They were facing a 17-7 deficit, and in the fourth quarter, they came back. They had the resilience. They knew that they could you know, face that scenario and win. So I guess they, they, they're a very strong team. All right, so I'm going to get into my thought. It's not going to be as, hopefully not as long as Shrigar's. But first of all, Jack, I'm going to, I know you were wrong about the Kyle Shanahan start, but I'll give you credit because I was watching or listening to a couple old episodes on my way back from the gym. And you actually said the Niners were a dark uh, horse contender for the Super Bowl back in the I did. He did. You. There you go. And look at me. I'll, I, I'll I, save... th- this is what you call like learning from your mistakes throughout the season because the entire offseason I was pounding. That you know that the Rams are going to win the division, but the Niners will go further. And I, further, yeah. I think they being or having the ability to further. you know switch that up and realize you know when not to stick with a prediction you don't believe in anymore. It was a very tempting thing to do to say you know I think I'm going to be right preseason, stick with the Niners in this one. But I I, I don't know. I just I think that's a you know good quality to have, and I'm I'm glad I switched to the Rams. It was the same thing for me with the Rams being the Super Bowl pick, and I switched to Brady. I was just like, I can't, I can't bet. Like I've been saying Rams, but I can't bet against Tom. But same thing kind of happened here. But uh, yeah, so to start off, um, I, I'm gonna say one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo because as soon as the game ended, and I was just seeing Niner fans just absolutely, you know, hammer Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I I had to defend him like really quick because, okay. Like, let's just take his four-year career with SF, okay? Like, this is a guy who came in to a 1-10 team who had coaches like Jim Tomsula, Chip Kelly went 2-4 and four team, Tomsula 5-11, and 11, uh, Kaepernick 8-8, eight and eight, and obviously had the whole thing with the, you know, being blackballed by the NFL, all that stuff, right? All that, you know, unnecessary drama that just hampered the 49ers. He comes into that roster, okay? And it's crazy because his first play was a touchdown pass. I know it was a meaningless game, but... Like, the first play, first drive. Though. Sorry, first drive, yeah. But, you know, Niner fans must have – because, you know, we, Jack and I, we're not Niner fans, but we're in the area, right? Like, we've seen – we see how Niner fans react to that stuff. And just seeing that, right, it must have given you guys hope. And then he wins five straight, right? Obviously, he tore his ACL the next year. But his first full year as a Niner starter, what did he do? He went to the Super Bowl, and he had a 20-10 to 10 lead. Look, I know he's had his downs. He's not that talented. He lacks, you know, again, I've said this thousand times, when he's on the run, I, I get scared too. Um, and, you know, aside from, you know, adjusting with his slides and seeing hot zones, that that's like literally all he can do. Look, 
I just have to give credit to him for what he's done for this Niners franchise, right? Like he at least made you guys relevant in the NFC. You have to. Yeah, okay, some I, you gotta you gotta watch your wording though, because he didn't make them relevant. Like, okay, he like, didn't, but I have to give him some credit when he like because in certain he was plays, a he was a part of the relevancy. Yeah, he was honestly he a was. face of the relevancy because he's a quarterback. But like, let's not but, give him credit for something no, no. he did not do. My, he did my not whole... make this 49ers team relevant. I well, partially not. he did. Parsley did. He had 27 touchdowns in 2019 to only like 13. That's a, that's a product of the offense. Kyle Shanahan is what made this team relevant. Well, Kyle Shanahan was also 1-10 that first year, and he's also like 13 games under 500 without Jimmy Garoppolo. So, like, but like that's not – That's a number that I can't – That's a number that I cannot – I cannot refute that number right now until we see a full year without him. And I don't even know if he's fully out yet. I want to see. Like, I, I'm pretty sure he is. Like, you know. No, he, I, like, I'm not I'm saying sure. I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't an upgrade over C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins and all the other cruddy quarterbacks the Niners have had behind him. But, like, he did not make them relevant. He didn't bring them to a Super Bowl. He he was part of it. It was him, Kyle, and my whole point was that Niner fans have constantly bashed him. I you have can like, respect, you know, like, like what he no, has that's done what for I'm the saying. Niners you, franchise. Yeah, of course, you have. But you to. can like, still that's... you can still be you know a down on him as a quarterback. That's what I'm, I'm seeing from Niners like, fans. But that's not, the thing. I'm Jimmy. I'm I also, wish you were never yeah. the Niners quarterback. It was Jimmy Garoppolo. Just is not a good quarterback, and I don't think that's a lie. That's kind of the angle I'm. I was taking. The season. No, I, I could still, be fair. I mean, look, okay, hold on. Jimmy Garoppolo has had his good moments and he's had his bad moments. As so has that's every quarterback in the league. Okay, but his bad moments are horrendous. They're look, awful. He's, he's got the car. Okay. So would you? My whole point was not about. My whole point was not about just Jimmy G. I just wanted to say that Niner fans should respect him for what he's done. Two NFC championships in four years is still something that he should be credited for. Not fully. But every quarterback in any game gets credit for a win and blame for a loss. And that's what's happening right now, right? We're not – I feel like people are still talking about more Jimmy G's pick than, you know, we are talking about how the run game, as you mentioned, 20 carries for 50 yards. That's horrendous, right? And in the drive where you need yeah. it most, on three straight plays, the offensive line got completely manhandled by the Rams' defensive line. Yes, Jimmy G had a bad pick. But come on, where was the – they they gave up. They literally got pushed okay, back the less on than a second. On that pick, he should have taken the sack. Of course, no, of course, I agree. That was a that was a bad pick, but I mean, at least try and give him more than half a second to throw. That's and, true. But and here's here's my thing with the overall with the Niners, right? I think this I loved this season more than I loved the 2019 one because to go from three and five. And to have, I thought the wins in the playoffs that they had were more impressive than the wins they had that 2019 run, right? 100%. The Dallas game on the road, right? It was still a really, you know, this was a really good Dallas team that I think we're underrating. And they they outplayed them in every facet. So, the yeah, so they outplayed the Cowboys in all three facets of the game. And then again, the Packers won. This is supposed to be the best roster he's had. You know, this is best chance at a ring. And they, again, completely outplayed them all three stages of the game special teams obviously you know helped them out so this this team was really resilient uh and you know before i get on the ramp sorry i want to touch on debo samuel i mean this guy like oh my God. i mean to see him you know two out of three years he's been in the league just in tears you know kind of ended it like that and both years he gave it his all it really sucks as you know a guy who has been watching him since like march of 2019 and now he's become a household name it's so cool to see like this is a star that the Niners have had, and he's going to get paid. <laughs> going to get that bank. Um, I'm so happy for him. And, you know, obviously, for those who have watched the pod, you guys know, you know, how far, I guess, you know, we've come with Debo Samuel as well, I guess, as a podcast. And uh, just for him to give it all out there and to, for him to just, you know, really elevate his game this year. Even I didn't see it coming, and I'm his, like, biggest fan. So that was really cool. Uh, but now to get to the Rams, the, the little happy time. Uh, I just want to hear Shrikar say it. So we can get it on recording. Uh, which is the better coach? You you heard it. Just I just want it's it's very it's still close. But he didn't but, even out like they were. Wait, I no okay. Well no time okay. Well, I don't levels of okay. No timeouts down ten. He had a real. Why do you think he had drives, no timeouts? No, I agree. He Fine. wasted but all three of them. Fourth quarter. Fourth yeah, quarter. What did the offense do? What did the offense do? The offense exactly was great here's in the, the thing. Quarter. I listened to an argument that says Kyle and McVeigh. Or equal. 
But I will say McVay is better. Yes. Just because when I'm I, out of I, I, I won't listen to the equal one. But look, in the fourth I'll quarter, down me. 10, the offense was was really good. Really, really good. They had, what, 13 straight unanswered points, right? And so that, that was three really solid drives. And I thought Stafford played a hell of a game again. He had a boneheaded red zone pick. But in the fourth quarter, you know, I think he's 14 or 15 touchdowns, no picks. Uh or he was 13-0 in the regular season. I think he's a little bit more, like 15 or 16-0. So that's really, really impressive. Uh, and I, I was actually listening to an earlier episode, Jack, where you said you were doubting Stafford in the playoffs. I think he's proved everybody wrong. I mean, we all were, I think. I, I'm not yeah. wrong to think that. He's yeah. proved everybody wrong in that. I think he's honestly had the most impressive postseason. Like, I mean, I know everyone's talking about Joe Burrow, but like statistically and just even for narrative-wise, Stafford's right up there. Um and Cooper Cup is, I think he's, I'm going to argue he's the best receiver in football. I'm Most going reliable. To I could make the argument because look, what he does beyond just catching two, like block, yeah. run blocking, yeah, he's and just him being him being a decoy. I mean, look at what Odell is being able to do. And I know people are going to bring up like, oh, he's great. And, you know, as a Browns fan, I'm, it sounds like I'm trying to defend it. But just look, if you watch the game, right, Odell is getting single coverage every time because the attention that they give to Cooper Cup is absurd. There was a play. There was a play where Odell caught it on third down over the middle. Um, I forget the linebacker. I think it was Greenlaw, I'm pretty sure, or Al Shahir. They had his back turned to Odell just so they could have three people stare at Cup running. I think it was a type of corner route. It was like an option. So the amount of attention that this guy brings and the importance of him to this offense is just, I don't think anyone is more important to an offense right now than Cooper Cup is in terms of skill position, not quarterback. But I think he brings just so much to this Rams offense. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit up here and say I thought he was, you know, crazy elite last year. I mean, you guys all know I loved him, but I didn't see this type of season from him. And for him to go out there and do this, this is his first Super Bowl. He didn't play in the last one. I'm so happy for him. Uh, and for the Rams, this just goes to show, like, they, despite buying in and all these players that everyone had questions about, right? Like, that's also credit to McVay, right? To bring in this collective unit of all these guys that they brought in in one year. For him to do that and bring them in as a collective unit and, you know, win three playoff games in an amazing fashion, you know, they got, you know, really unluckily dealt with those four fumbles. I think some of them were just, you know, it's just like bad luck. Like, that, that wasn't on scheme or anything like that bad snap and you know acres dropping it twice who hadn't played an entire regular season so kind of bound to happen i think the rams have had the most impressive postseason and again kudos to everybody on that team for really just stepping up and aaron donald sorry that that moment that not strip sack really but like that pressure to you know we all saw him speaking really passionately on the sideline that was his defining moment of his career that's yeah, really yeah. the first time I can say in the post, maybe against, you know, Seattle when he had that forced fumble on Russ, but like, this is a huge moment and he hadn't done really anything major that entire game, but third and 11 or sorry, third and 13. It was like, you know, and he just absolutely mauled. I think it was like Brunskill and uh, Alex Mack. He got there and whew, caused the game winning play. So, yeah. I think like the two best players for the Rams, I, I would argue are, this season at least, and I don't know if you want to make the argument the entire time, Donald and Cup, and they showed up in, in very different ways, but they almost had, you know, the same level of impact on the game. You know, Cup was there every single third down. Every time they needed to play, he was right there. Scored two touchdowns, was open all the time, was a decoy when he wasn't. And Aaron Donald, who, you know, he kept chugging along, was occupying space, you know, breaking down the offensive alignment all the way to the end of the game, and then he makes that one big play and, you know, the same level of impact. It's like this Rams team, I think they've got a ton of fight. Like the Niners, I would say probably the most fight. Hit them and the Bengals uh, that I've seen this postseason, probably from any team I've seen in the NFL this year. But the Rams, like, have this great combination of elite talent, like an elite roster, but also, you know, the fight, the physicality to, to you know, sustain four quarters of a game uh, and come out and make the Super Bowl. And now they face the Bengals, like, this is going to be a fantastic matchup. I'm excited to be in L.A. You know, at a time where not only is the Super Bowl being held in L.A., but the Rams are in it. It's uh, This is going to be fantastic. Hats off to the Rams. Uh, 
they've had a very unique season, um, but I, I've got a ton of respect for it, um, and they've they've wowed me of these last three weeks. Wait, quick two points. One, this was the first game that McVay had come back down 10 in the fourth yep. quarter. So this is maybe a sign of things to come. And also for Cup, right? He had a terrible drop. Like, I, I'm, I can't deny it. That, that was a house call. Yep. And for him to, after that, still go out there and still catch every ball that they needed him to, he didn't let them that face him at all. It's two weeks in a row. Covered, it covered the drop up. I it's think two this weeks just in a row. Because yeah. the fumble this last the week. Fumble, right? Yeah, so this yeah. just goes to show the Rams culture that this team has. And this has come from 2017 when McVay came in. They, I believe they were on Hard Knocks that year too. I remember I watching it. Something was different about you know about him and for him to be so young, right? A 32-year-old head coach, you know that just that just never sat well with a lot of people and even me when I first saw it. But he won me over, you know, the last couple of years. And a uh, quick also shout out to Robert Woods, who is nicknamed Bobby Trees uh, by, you know, this is his nickname. Uh, he he's not going to be there. He was there the 18 Super Bowl when Cup wasn't. Uh, there was a really cool moment. I don't know if you guys saw uh, them embracing each other just goes to show how well this team has orchestrated itself right you don't despite bringing all these new guys big at like big names Jalen Ramsey uh Vaughn Miller uh you know and for them to still uh kind of Odell Beckham and for them to still do this incredible I think I I don't remember where I saw it today but I think the Rams are the fourth most homegrown team in the NFL like we talk about all the uh, you know, all the big names they've brought in but this team they I think they have the most drafted players play in the NFL this year, like they, it started so from the inside. To me. They've supplemented the way they've drafted with their big trades. So it's like, is this a great combination? You know, the Rams have had, I think, well, first of all, they better thank their lucky stars that they made the Super Bowl because you can't go all in, not have a first round pick for like four years and not make the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm yeah. sure they're thanking their lucky stars, but they made two in the last uh, three football seasons or four football seasons. Sorry. Four. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's fantastic. The Rams are, are a very successful team. Uh, I've, it sucks that, that Robert Woods doesn't get to be playing, but he got to play the last one, and I guess it just makes sense that Cup gets to play this when he doesn't. But how about how about Odell Beckham Jr. going over to comfort Debo Samuel? How does that make you feel? How does that make me feel? How does that make a niche feel? Yeah. Dude, it was so ironic because it's like <laughs> – And wait, it, like, it was Odell the problem in Cleveland? Yes. I still think he was. I st- I still think he was. He never wanted to be there. He never showed up to OT. Again, this is like a whole another I think segment. But yeah, I, he never showed up the, to OT. Maybe because the Browns were you know. A, a, I, I just think he his, never wanted to be in Cleveland. Like he, I mean, it clearly again to not show up to OTAs all three years, right? I mean, I know he had the ACL for one of them, but like still, uh, he um again what was it like he would drop passes and just walk back to the sideline he would stand still be frustrated i never like he's not a cancer locker room cancer the players loved him i just don't think he wanted to be there and you can see his passion and how excited he's been with this la team right especially with von miller kind of recruiting him i think this was a team that like was like okay now we got odell we got this like i don't think he was like you know the problem i just thought he was a problem that I think that because I even in the post I mentioned with when as soon as he requested out, I said both. It's on both. It's been on both Baker and Odell. So to see him come for Debo, all the athletes love it. All the Hall of Famers were like Deion Sanders and even Shannon Sharp were saying that. I just love how Debo is like now a household name, which makes me a little bit mad though, because like now I can't say that like, oh that's my guy. Like I will remember. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really hoping people remember that. Yeah, I know you guys will, but just a little bit sucks now that I, I think it's gotten to a point where you haven't let people forget. <laughs> like, oh my god, forget it. Yeah, I have to remind. There was, dude, there was a guy on TikTok who was like, "If Debo Sam, if it was Debo Samuel against the world, I would be with him." And I saw like a bunch of comments were like, "Nah, I'm Debo's number one fan." And I'm like, I'm like "All right," because yeah. like, I've like, genuinely been with since the jump. But you know, so. we'll get to see him play in the Pro Bowl though, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. You and, know what? Uh, I'm kind of now that the Rams made the playoffs, though. I was really hoping to see Cooper Cup in the skills challenge. Like, I feel like he would have been the ultimate Pro Bowl skills challenge player. By the way, I hate the. I, this is a discussion for another. I don't like the Pro Bowl, but no one likes the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I, That's why they give us. Hey, don't just go make the teams. You don't need to have a game, and also, big mistake moving it out of Hawaii. But that's it. I think. I think the yeah, best way to do the Pro Bowl is you don't play an actual football game. You just do the skills challenges. You, yeah. you make the teams. You say, "Okay, sure. you're you're an all star." I'd love a quarterback showdown. That would be pretty cool, like something in that sort something, of thing. Yeah, but I mean, 
I still love the moment. There were a couple good moments, like the Jeff Saturday to Peyton Manning handoff. I thought that was. Oh, that was like, a long time ago, though. <laughs> name a good moment since, like. <laughs> uh oh the the Kobe tribute mid game. Okay, that's pretty. Okay, that was, <laughs> asked, to create a good moment out of. You asked like, for what I gave you one, but yeah, I know, I know, I know. The Pro Bowl's had its ups and downs, but. Other than like Jamal Adams chucking the like, Patriots guy and all the skills, like it all happens on that skills challenge field. Like that's the entertaining part. Jarvis Landry dodgeball when he went one before and absolutely dominated. Best dodgeball player ever. (laughs) No, that's the part we want to see, but we don't want to see the football or the the actual football game part of the Pro Bowl. Let's get quickly to the last two topics we're going to hit. We spent a lot of time on the conference championship games. Is Tom Brady retired? Like, are we going to figure that out? Hey, y'all, this is Editor Jack editing this uh, the day after we recorded. And, of course, Tom Brady retires officially the morning after we talk about how he's not officially retired. So we'll be back next week to talk about Brady. Uh, for now, we'll get to the coaches that we were going to talk about at the end of the episode. Just, of course, that's how it works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple minutes, let's just talk about the coaches. You know, uh, we this week we've had Nathaniel Hackett hired by the Broncos, hoping to bring Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers along with him. Uh, Joe Shane uh, and Brian Dable to the New York Giants. Uh, you know, package deal from Buffalo. Another package deal, we had uh, Brad Ziegler and Josh McDaniels to the Las Vegas Raiders as coach and GM. Uh, each of you pick one and, and talk about why you like it or don't like it. Oh, can I can I talk? Okay, I'll 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 make it quick. I really love the Dable hire. I think it's my favorite hire of the process so yeah. far, and nobody really knows what we're gonna get from him because it's gonna be assistant running the whole operation. But he worked under Saban. He worked under Belichick. Um, he took over as Buffalo's OC, and look what he did with Josh Allen. And if anybody's going to fix Daniel Jones or you know make sure his replacement gets the knowledge he needs, it's gonna be Dable. I think it's going to be him. Uh, with Denver, Nathaniel Hackett, I, I'll say it's interesting. I'm not very high on it. He comes from the Packers. They, of course, you know, the Broncos are in play for Aaron Rodgers, uh, and they should be the overwhelming favorite here. Um, they got four top 75 picks, um, plus Hackett on their side. But here's the thing. He didn't run the offense in Green Bay, for one. And he worked with the Bills and Jags before this, and both of those offenses were yeah, not very good. Um, and obviously quarterback play wasn't as good too, but I think it's pretty concerning, but, um, I don't think there's been a tremendously, you know, bad hire yet. So, I mean, that's good. There's nothing on the level of an urban Meyer, for example, but, um, I love the Dable hire and Hackett, I think is the one that I'm least high on to this point. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, touch on, I want to touch on the McDaniels, uh, Ziegler one. I liked Ziegler. Uh, McDaniels, I'm actually not the biggest fan of. Uh, I know Jack and I kind of disagreed on it a little bit. Uh, I just think McDaniels, again, he had an 8-8 eight eight stint with Denver, not Oakland. Sorry, guys, when I texted you guys about that. Um, but, yeah, I just think the Belichick tree hasn't really been that successful. And the two guys that have, it's been Flores and Bill O'Brien, and they've got two wins to show for in the playoffs, and both were by Bill O'Brien. So uh, I- I'm a little bit skeptical on that. I just think the Raiders players also wanted Bisaccia, and you- there was a report also that said they wanted him to be the coach. Uh, so I'm not the biggest fan of that. But as Shrigar mentioned, I love the Dable hire. Uh, Hackett, hopefully he can. You know, he's young, so hopefully let's see what he does with Denver. But you got to go at least 4-8 and eight in the next two years in the division. 4-8 and eight versus Herbert, Carr, and Mahomes. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, the, the part about McDaniels, and I totally agree, the Patriot – way has not worked outside of new england but this is the its best shot because you're bringing over a coach and a gm that's the reason if it was just mcdaniels i'm not sure how much i would like it ziegler just by itself i think that'd be fine but like the fact that now mcdaniels can run his offense and run the team the way he wants it with a gm that's going to back it up on the personnel side i think that's just it's it's a it's a matchup that intrigues me a lot more than if it would just been one or the other uh drafting though has been no. Yeah, I know, but yeah, just about to mention. <laughs> we, we don't know how much of that is Belichick because uh, you know he wants his guys to fill their one roles, and they've been successful. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Shane Dable home runs, uh, the fantastic hires, uh, and you're right, Hackett. We're gonna see. I think he needs the right quarterback. If he doesn't get it, he probably fizzles out, and I, I'm not sure how high I'd be on that one. But if Rodgers comes, then that's the hire. Like you're doing that to incentivize Rodgers to come to Denver. Uh, right under the margin, we got like less than a minute left on our Zoom link, so. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. We hope you appreciated Conference Championship Weekend. We'll be back next week with not exactly sure what we're going to talk about yet, but it'll be, well, I guess, no, next week will be the Super Bowl preview. So, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
I guess so, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, next week you're going to get Super Bowl preview, so we hope you're ready for that one. Uh, and we're definitely ready for the Super Bowl. Bengals. Scouting content on the way. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to run out of here. Uh, we've been the Culture Podcast. We see you next time.